Chapter Nine of Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years eighteen o seven to eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Memoirs of the Distinguished Men of Science of Great Britain, Living in the Years eighteen o seven to eight, by William Walker Jr. Chapter Nine sir mark isambard brunel vice-president of the royal society etc born april twenty fifth seventeen sixty nine died december twelfth eighteen forty nine this celebrated engineer was born at hackville in normandy where his family had for several centuries held an honourable position numbering among its members the eminent french painter nicolas poussin brunel was educated at the seminary at rouen with the intention of his entering holy orders but he displayed so decided a taste for mathematics and mechanics that by the advice of the superior of the establishment he was removed to follow a more congenial career his father then destined him for the naval service which he entered on the appointment of the maréchal de castries the minister of marine and made several voyages to the west indies while in this position although only fifteen years old his mechanical talents showed themselves on many occasions and he surprised his captain by the production of a sextant of his own manufacture with which he took his observations in seventeen ninety two brunel returned to france where he found the revolution at its height and like all who entertained royalist principles was compelled to seek safety by flight which with difficulty he effected taking refuge in the united states of america here driven by necessity to the exercise of his talents he followed the bent of his inclination and became a civil engineer and architect his first engagement in this capacity was on the survey of a tract of land near lake erie he then became engaged in cutting canals and was employed to erect an arsenal and cannon foundry at new york where he erected several new and ingenious machines he was also engaged to design and superintend the building of the bowery theatre new york since destroyed by fire the roof of which was peculiar and original in its construction brunel now rose high in the estimation of the citizens of new york they appointed him their chief engineer and in that capacity he organized an establishment for casting and boring ordnance which at that time was considered unsurpassed for its novelty of design and general practicability previously to this the idea of substituting machinery for manual labour in making ships blocks had long occupied brunel's mind and in seventeen ninety nine having matured his plans he determined upon coming to england finding that the united states were unable to afford full occupation for his inventive genius in the month of may of the same year brunel took out his first patent in england which was for a duplicate writing and drawing machine his next invention was a machine for twisting cotton thread and forming it into balls it measured the length of thread which it wound and proportioned the size of the ball to its weight and firmness this machine was not however patented and it became rapidly and generally adopted without bringing any advantage to the inventor brunel's next contrivance was a machine for trimmings and borders for muslins lawns and cambrics somewhat of the nature of a sewing machine shortly after this he patented his famous block machinery 
which he submitted for the inspection of the Admiralty in 1801. Earl St. Vincent was at that time at the head of the Admiralty, and after many delays and difficulties, which were ultimately overcome chiefly through the influence of Earl Spencer and Sir Samuel Bentham, Brunel's system was adopted, and he was enabled to erect the beautiful and effective machinery, which has continued until the present time, without any alteration or improvement, to produce nearly all the blocks used in the Royal Navy. The construction of this block machinery, completed in 1808, was entrusted to the late Mr. Henry Maudsley, from whom Brunel had already derived considerable assistance in the execution of his models and working out of his designs. It was erected in Portsmouth Dockyard, and the economy produced by the first year's use of these machines was estimated at about £24,000, two-thirds of which sum was awarded to the ingenious inventor, who was soon after engaged by the government to erect extensive sawmills and carry out other improvements at Chatham and Woolwich. Brunel was essentially an inventor. Besides the above-mentioned machines, he took out patents for the manufacture of tin foil, for copying presses, for stereotype printing plates, a contrivance for making the small boxes used by druggists, and a nail-making machine. He likewise introduced a system of cutting veneers by circular saws of a large diameter, to which is mainly due the present extensive application of veneers of wood to ornamental furniture. A short time before the termination of the war with France, he devised a plan for making shoes by machinery, and under the countenance of the Duke of York the shoes so manufactured were introduced for the use of the army, on account of their strength, cheapness, and durability. But at the peace in 1815 the machines were laid aside, manual labour having become cheaper, and the demand for military equipments having in a measure ceased. Steam navigation also attracted Brunel's attention, and he became deeply interested in establishing the Ramsgate steam vessels, which were among the first that plied effectively on the River Thames. About this period, after much labour and perseverance, he induced the Admiralty to permit the application of steam for towing vessels to sea. The experiments being made chiefly at his own expense, a small sum in aid having been promised, but eventually withdrawn before the completion of the trials, the Admiralty considering the attempt too chimerical to be seriously entertained. In the year 1824, Brunel, undeterred by the two previous failures of Dodd and Trevithick, commenced his great work, the Thames Tunnel. It is said that the original idea occurred to him as applied to the Neva at St. Petersburg, in order to avoid the inconvenience arising from the floating ice. A plan which he offered to the Emperor Alexander on the occasion of his visit to this country in 1814. During the above-mentioned year, a company was formed for the execution of this work under the auspices of the Duke of Wellington, who had always entertained a favourable view as to its practicability. And after numerous accidents and frequent suspensions of the works, this great and novel undertaking was successfully accomplished and opened to the public in the year 1843. In the prosecution of this undertaking, Sir Isambard derived great assistance from his son, the late Mr. I. K. Brunel. The shield, as it was termed, under shelter of which the excavation beneath the bed of the river was carried forward, required very peculiar contrivances to adapt it to its purpose. 
It was made in sections or compartments contained in a strong square frame, each section or compartment being moved forward by screws, as the men working in them proceeded with the excavation. The entire shield was thus enabled to be moved forward, and the brickwork, consisting of two tunnels, was built up to the extent that it had been advanced. After the completion of the tunnel, Brunel's health became seriously impaired from the labours he had undergone in its execution, and he was unable to mix in active life. He expired on the 12th of December, 1849, in his 81st year after a long illness. He received the honour of knighthood in 1841, and the order of the Legion of Honour in 1829. He was also a corresponding member of the French Institute, a fellow of the Royal Society, and a member of the Institution of Civil Engineers, which he joined in the year 1823. End of chapter 9